This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Yes. Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly dick. <laughs> My name is Matt Baum. I'll be your head number one for today. And sitting across from me, digitally, the Internet's Joe Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Say hi, Joe. That's right. I am the Internet's Joe Patrick, and here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock Central, Matt and I go live on Facebook and on Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and, of course, the question of the week, live with our listeners. Joe Patrick's right. We do it live. It's a live show. We need you to play along so you can jump into our Zoom. You can find the link at the top of our live stream on the Facebook. You can call us at 402-819-4894, or you can click our Facebook call now button, or just chat with us. Come on to Facebook and just chat with us. We'd love to talk to you. If you can't call in live, you can still play along to the show. You can call that phone number I just mentioned. You can leave a message there, or you can shoot an MP3 to it at nerd at gmail.com before we get the phone lines open. We need to tell these kids about the news we've been following. A little segment we like to call Nerd News. We got comics news here. First off, Amazing Spider-Man number 73 came out this week. And Marvel has allowed Nick Spencer to undo one of the creepiest moments to ever grace the pages of a Spider-Man comic. That's right. We're talking about Sin's past. Oh, yeah. The storyline, the infamous J. Michael Straczynski, Mike Diodato storyline, where it was revealed that Norman Osborn had twin children via Gwen Stacy. I think you could just say twins. People assume they're children. Twin children. Yeah, they were twin. They were they were two. They were two twin siblings. I, mean, I don't know where babies come from or how they're made. But. Yeah, no, no, no. I think you have to say that they were that there were two of them and that they were siblings. Okay, they were two twin it. siblings. Got you. <laughs> uh, and they were mothered by Gwen Stacy, who thought he was sad, but powerful and uh, decided to take him on a, a ride uh, on the old bone roller coaster. Wow. Uh, sorry. Look, it's gross. <laughs> it's gross. It's dumb. And if you're going to be gross, be gross. We're working blue today, uh, folks. Sorry. You know. No, come on. That's like the tamest joke from office space. Okay. <laughs> uh, but in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man 73, which was a sinister war, uh, I guess, tie-in issue, even though that storyline, that miniseries was only four issues long, uh, it was revealed that Kindred, the bug villain that has been plaguing Spencer's entire run of Amazing Spider-Man, uh, is not Harry Osborn as originally revealed. It is, in fact, at least it seems... Gabriel and Sarah Osborne, the twin, the two twin siblings of Norman. But they're both twist. Well, they've been uh, they're appearing in multiple places at once. And oh, okay. so, OK, uh, you know, one's wearing a costume in one situation. One's I thought wearing it was like the, the funny joke where one of them is in the trench coat and the other one's sitting on their shoulders. It's like, yeah, it's like two small so children tall. stacked on top yeah. of each other in a trench coat. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, except the twist is everything about their parentage and uh, their history with Norman is an illusion carefully created by Harry back when he was still crazy before he died. 
and Mysterio and the chameleon. So it's a combination of hypnosis, drugs, robots, clones, the whole mess. And they were playing implanted a, memories. Not to mention the fact that they were playing a really long game here. Very like, long. This, this is, they're like 15 years from now. <laughs> this is going to no, be well, even longer. This goes all the way. This goes all the way back to a storyline called Life Theft, uh, oh, which God. was which came out before the clone saga. Uh, it was it was when it was revealed that Peter and uh, well, Peter's parents that had been seemingly uh, alive this entire time were uh, LMDs created by the chameleon. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, on orders from Harry Osborne. And so, of course. Yeah, it, it's a whole mess. But I mean, it's a huge sticking point for f- fans of Spider-Man that Straczynski would write this nonsense into the book. And Straczynski has come out and approved it. He said, my original pitch was for them to be Peter's kids. Cause that's life, man. Your yeah. high school girlfriend, your college girlfriend gets pregnant. Okay. You know what? That makes more sense. That makes yeah. way more sense. Like everyone's mad. Like people, are like, that's ridiculous. Sure. Any more ridiculous than her sleeping with the green fucking goblin. You know, right. <laughs> like, right. Uh, and, and so there's, a, there's still a lot left to be revealed. Mephisto is of course still involved. There's some Dr. Strange stuff going on. Uh, and it's layers upon layers of deception and not everything, not all of the, uh, dominoes have fallen, but, but why now? Uh, why now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. And do you think, uh, let me ask a better question. There's no way this is what he had planned for like bug guy initially, right? There's no I think way. so. You think no. this was the plan all along? Uh, yes, because Nick Spencer has been hinting Nick Spencer has been hinting at undoing some of the more controversial elements of One More Day and Straczynski's run for all for many for several yeah, and I months. guess I guess he kind of has. Maybe maybe even piece. since the beginning. Yeah. And um, yeah, oh, it was also revealed that Harry Osborne never came back from the dead and that the Harry we know is another like LMD or clone or something. <laughs> but that was something that, but that was something like, if you think about it, what is, one more day. What's the end game there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's my, th- like, what is, you can see, oh, they're robbing a bank. Like I get that, you know, but this <laughs> it's not, it's not them. It's Harry. Okay. This is all, all this right. was all, this was all orchestrated by Harry Osborne when right. he went totally insane. Uh, and it, it, these events got put into motion before he um, kind of redeemed himself and died a hero. So Harry Osborne is dead. And the Harry that we have is not really Harry. And he's just now finding this out. So he died when? Like, when was his official death? Spectacular Spider-Man number 200. Okay. Way back. Way back. Before the Clone Saga. Jeez. Yeah, long, what? long ago. And yeah, so uh, big, big doings in the world of Spider-Man. Uh, we've also got a big push from Marvel uh, to compete directly with DC's Webtoon launch, which we will hear about later today uh, from our good friend, Jim Heavey, who has, he came, he came at us hot. He's like, I've got numbers. I was like, I can't wait. Okay. It's the content we crave. Uh, so DC's, uh, DC's Webtoon experiment launched uh, this week. Uh, Matt hates it. I shook my fist at it. I, I was just um, like, what is this? Like, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum here. And I get it. Well, these except you are doing it right. in a very webtoon style, which has become like that talking head, you know, like funny joke. 
and like funny manga heads and chibi shit. They going are. On. I mean, it's you know, it's different. It's it a different format for a different audience. For me, <laughs> even <laughs> even the that. even the formatting even the formatting of the pages is different. They're uh, meant to be read on the phone. Hate it. <laughs> uh, like a panel at a time, manually scrolling on your cell phone, which is how I read it. Yeah. I liked. I thought the Batman stuff was fun. It, like, of course, it's obviously not Batman. You would not think it's in continuity. No. It's cute. It's fun. It's charming. It's the Batman family being the Batman family, which is what a lot of people like and want to see. It's barely comics. Um, <laughs> it's just no. It's comics. it's one hundred percent comics. Head, it's just not the same kind of comics. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> uh, so, um, Marvel's gonna do one too. Marvel has released. Uh, Jim won't have numbers for these, I'm sure. Right. But Marvel released seven new series in infinity comics format, which is the web Tim's format. Right. Um, but they launched them as part of a, uh, an up, uh, an upgrade. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, an update oh. to their Marvel unlimited app. Yeah. It's completely redone and it's really uh, cool. They did a the great Marvel on the Marvel unlimited app has been completely overhauled. It, it's got a lot of bugs still. Um, but there are some features that a lot of people have been asking for that are there now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the exciting thing is that it's got now original content in the form of these infinity comics. And uh, it's seven titles, X-Men unlimited by Jonathan Hickman and Declan Shalvey. That's kind of crazy, right? Uh, it's Jeff, which is about Jeff the Land Shark from Kelly Thompson's West Coast Adventure. Okay. I can't wait to read it. Gotta love it. Um, uh, Giant Size Little Marvels, which is a very Scotty Young thing, except he's writing it, not drawing it. It's being drawn by an artist named Dax Gordine. Uh, Shang-Chi by Alyssa Wong and artist Nathan Stockman. A Captain America series uh, by Explain the X-Men podcaster Jay Edidin and artist Nico Leon. I read this one. It's okay. It's very ham-fisted in in its approach to, like, the people that stormed the Capitol were costume-wearing cartoonish bigots. (laughs) And they were, but, like, these guys are actually wearing, like... Hamilton uh, stage costume coats oh, and stuff. I see. Yeah, I it's see. kind of it's a little silly. The art's great. Uh Black Widow by Mark Russell. Whoa. Uh this one's just an this one was just a one shot. It's uh by Mark Russell with an uh artist named Annie Molina. I read this. Unfortunately, uh the art is bad. Oh, really? Uh the art is really bad. Um I mean is it but I mean like you, you tell me the art was great on that Batman family one? Because it's just like, there's nothing to it. It's just. Yes, the art was great on that Batman was, one. That it's just great. different than what you wanted. <laughs> okay. It's just, I, again, stress enough how it's different, not bad. The art in this Black Widow one shot was, I, I did not en- enjoy it. And not because it was formatted differently. Um, and also the story by the normally wonderful Mark Russell just kind of seemed like something Marvel had in a drawer somewhere and they dusted it off. Well, you I'm, know sure what I mean? all, I'm sure that's all these are, right? I doubt it. We got Jonathan Hickman. A Jonathan Hickman really project. Throw no. a free thing. That, that. Uh, well, I don't know that they'll always be free. You have to pay for the app to get it. It's not like Webtoon where you can actually get several of the chapters for free. Oh, that's like, true. If theirs are not subscribed on... to Marvel Unlimited. You're right. I was thinking Webtoon. That's where I was going. Sorry. Now, and Webtoon does have paid chapters. It's just that some of them are free, not all of them. No, they're all free. You can pay to see stuff early. No, they're not all well, okay. I mean that's kind of splitting hairs though. Yeah. Like like, like I, otherwise I, you wait for the premiere day or you can pay and read like what is there right now. 
Okay. Uh, there is an amazing fantasy prelude, uh, which is the current alternate reality fantasy series by Kare Andrews. Uh, uh, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane has made a comeback, which was a 2000s era series. Oof. Uh, it kind of a, a young adult romance uh, by Sean McKeever and Takeshi Miyazawa. Yeah. You're making you're making sounds, but that comic was very good. It was I charming don't and lovely. Remember it being uh, no, it was. I don't it remember was, it being it, great. I don't. know. Maybe I need to. Read it was it. great. Again, remember. Matt, the, you are not the person that these are made for. You are you have a cold, dead heart. It's true. It's true. But, but I can also the, these see were when something is comics. well done. You know. Yes, <laughs> like, it was. I can I'm sorry. That. Takeshi Miyazawa is a tremendous comic artist. Yeah. So yeah, they that. were well done. Fair enough. I might have to revisit them. I don't recall. Uh, but I think that these are actually older stories being adapted to the Infinity Comics format. In the case of Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. Oh, I see. Okay. Um. But regardless, so yeah, check out the Marvel app. They completely redid it. It's neat. And there's yeah, there's there. more coming. Uh, there's more coming. Uh, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Moon Knight, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Ms. Marvel, Venom, and Spider-Gwen. All right, we've been talking way too long, so let's burn through this last stuff. All right. Uh, Marvel also announced a series of eight, quote-unquote, tentpole titles. Uh, very similar to the way Marvel Studios will announce, like, a bunch of stuff. Like, they'll they'll announce, like, We've earmarked eight dates for phase four. Right. And then they put right. stuff on the date line, you know, they on, the, on the timeline. Like right. It looks. Um, just like and it. so these are comics. Uh, we, and things we know already are the devil's reign event, which is uh, what's coming out of uh, Chip Zdarsky's daredevil in December. We've got Avengers forever, which we'll talk about here in a second. Timeless, which is a Kang story Two X-Men books, X Lives of Wolverine and X Deaths of Wolverine, which might be think it's 10, 10 for all we yeah, know. I think it's 10. Um, a, She-Hulk, a, a She-Hulk series. Exciting. Uh, the Fantastic Four Reckoning War, which, no joke, is a storyline Dan Slott has been seeding in everything he's done for Marvel yeah, for, like 10 for years. the last 20 years. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> like dating, dating past back the initiative and all, like way, oh, yeah. way back. Um, and then Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. We're not going to touch on those. You can look them up if you want to. But the ones we definitely know about for sure are Avengers Forever, which is essentially the Avengers of the multiverse. It's led by Ant-Man. But this version of Ant-Man is Tony Stark, not Scott Lang. Yeah. Uh, it's got this great um, pinup style cover by Aaron Cooter. Apparently, the team is assembled by Robbie Reyes, a.k.a. Ghost Driver. Uh, and it features this cover features a ton of characters. Uh, Speedball's here. Monica Rambeau is here. I love the uh, original alternate Avengers forever so much. Yeah. Oh um, but God. also here, somebody that I thought that you would for sure be excited about box. Very excited. I love box. <laughs> Kill I Raven love as well for our friend, Ora McWilliams. <laughs> uh, timeless is sort of a, um, it's kind of like the old Marvel point one, one shots, which is like a, anthology setups for everything right uh and that this one's going to be like kang going through the the marvel universe uh setting up all of these titles and this one is going to be drawn uh it was going to be drawn by joe bennett uh but <laughs> more on that in a second <laughs> segueing into our next story uh it's going to be drawn by greg land instead because marvel after no kidding nearly 30 years has broken ties with artist Joe Bennett and removed him from all upcoming projects, including Timeless Number 1 
for inflammatory stuff that he has said online. Uh, this, uh, this, the straw that broke the camel's back apparently was a quote reprehensible piece of artwork drawn um, in 2017, but a political like, cartoon. How is that breaking the camel's back now? I don't understand. I don't like, know. What just um, because like it was so, beyond just like you're fired. I mean, even like Al Ewing came out it's like I'm never working with that guy ever again. And like, so yeah, their their statement followed Al Ewing. Their decision followed Al Ewing's statement on September 2nd, where he said the cartoon is what did it for him. And after he saw the cartoon, he decided never to work with Joe Bennett again. That's crazy. I so mean, it's just it just must be that no that he never they, they never saw it. He, was just he never saw it out there or something. But he's yeah, fired. um, big time. But this isn't the. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about it on the show. Uh, yes, we definitely talked we about did. it on cover to cover. We did. Um, but this isn't the first time uh, they've caught Bennett drawing all sorts of weird stuff that he kind of hand waved away, but in hindsight is definitely problematic, like anti-Semitic stuff. Oh yeah. In the background of immortal Hulk pages. Um, he made comments online uh, regarding the 2019 assault of a, a gay journalist named, named Glenn Greenwald. Um, he also, did some transphobic stuff it's like i don't yeah, get the, so, the crypto fascist you know or, or crypto racist shit like why are you trying to get caught like if you're going like if you have those you mean feelings, why is he not why is he being cryptic yeah about just it? keep it to yourself yeah. and keep your yeah. job you know like um, if you want to be you know, an asshole that's your right i mean sure but like why would you drop little seeds you know like, let's see if i can get caught are you an idiot <laughs> I mean, so like, um this didn't really make waves in uh in the news sites but um aaron lepresti who is an artist that i have really loved for a long time um he basically made the decision to go all in with Comicsgate, and he like he's very innocent about it like what I just I just want to get my comic made, you know, and they're good about promoting their comics and Indiegogo, blah, blah, blah. And it's like Comicsgate is the reason why if I see a crowdfunded project coming from Indiegogo, I ignore it. Right. Because you, it, they can't it can't be trusted. Right. And right. Um, Aaron Lepresti, while he has not come out, he has not outwardly made any uh, gestures along the same lines. He is definitely decided that his career is better served by whatever audience they they serve. Right. And maybe that's the case with Joe Bennett is that now he feels like he's got a place. He's got these despicable views that and now be. he's yeah. got a place where he can view them and still be successful. Right. Sadly, you have like a, you do have a job. If you want to go this way, there's a place for you now. Yeah. And yeah. Cause I guarantee you that the they will welcome him and the trolls. They will welcome him with open arms. All right. We got to get these phone uh, lines. Last, open. So let's tie this into the question of the week. This week's question, courtesy of Frankincense Cirillo. Uh, at this uh, boy, timely and relevant. Yeah. There are some creators out there in comics and other media who have turned out to be uh, as loathsome as a toad, quote unquote. But we didn't know how bad they were until it was late in their career. So the question is, when you find out that someone is, quote unquote, the rankest compound of villainous smell to ever offend, that ever offended nostril, do you just stop reading their newest work or purge everything they've ever done from your home? If they're that brilliant of a creator, how much time do you feel should go by till the work is recognized on its own apart from that creator? H.P. Uh, Lovecraft being a prime example. He was a very terrible racist and homophobe. 
Uh, if you're smart enough to get the Shakespeare references, congratulations. Uh, I've already explained what they are twice uh, since we announced this question. Absolutely. So, uh, Frank, good job. It's a great question, and it couldn't be more timely. Speaking Let's of Frank, we've got him it. right friggin' here. Franklin, how are you? Hey, hey, guys. I'm it's the Little I'm Mermaid good. himself, Frank Sorella. <laughs> <laughs> I got to redo that drawing. The hair is terrible. But, hey, you know, this was this was something that it always comes up in my in my head. It's like, how do you feel about these guys? How do you feel yeah. about these, you know, these these creators? And one of the things, and I'll, and I'll mention this creator, and he's a very, very famous person, and he's did very despicable things, and things came out after his death, is Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, like people loved Absolutely. Michael Jackson. Absolutely. And, and he did horrific things. And I don't want to get into it because it's really bad. Um, I feel like a guy like that, his, his, his art stands on its own. Yes. But I think we got to kind of like give it like a moratorium of about 10 more years, like for somebody like that until you say, okay, we can kind of look at the man's art over what he did. Like there's nothing wrong with the song thriller. There's nothing wrong with beat it. That's not the issue. You you can say that like, look, the guy made amazing music and he was a child molester. You know, they are two things. So, (laughs) right. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's, that's, that's the creator I think of because of, I mean, that is a really horrific thing. Now, I'm, I, listen, I'm, I was not like a gigantic Michael Jackson fan. Probably wasn't even a Michael Jackson fan. I recognize that he made brilliant music. I recognize his talent right. and, and everything he put into it. But, you, you know, like I, for me, that's the kind of guy. And yeah, very timely. Like I had no idea about what was going on um, with, with this, with Joe, Joe Bennett. It's, and it's I was like, so wow. so weird. Which, and, and what yeah. sucks is like you have one of the most celebrated Hulk runs of all time happening right right, right? now. And it's about to And I'm end. like, I want to, and it's fully yeah, penciled. And I want to finish reading it. It's they've got yeah. those issues. Yeah. The last oh. issues out in like two weeks. Yeah. So Marvel, like, yeah, they've got to put this out, right. They've got to do it. Right. Oh, that's not, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. going to put it out. He's just not going to get any more work. They're, yeah. they're just like, no, you're no. not. And no. I, I think right, it's the right, right thing to do for the sake of the story and the fans. Yes, you, there is some outcry out there saying they can't release it. Now that this has all come out, they can't. Of course, they're I think that's it. horseshit. And I think yeah. for the sake of the fans and the story, you release it. Is Joe Bennett a bad guy? Absolutely. I mean, no oh, yeah. Warren, Warren Ellis, that shit with Warren Ellis broke when that series was halfway done and right. DC put out the whole back half of that book. And, uh, and like, they're not going to not publish something they've already paid for. And no, printed. of course. But even right. like the Batman's Grave, that's a limited series. So if they did just say sure. we're done, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. But this is like more than this is almost 50 some issues of the Hulk in an incredible story. And right. Like I said, Joe Bennett has some really dumb ideas and he's a bad guy. Does that mean he's a bad artist? Yeah. No, he's a wildly talented artist. So I'm going to yeah. read it. But will I think about this every time I look at his name and his work for a really long time? Probably. Yes, I will. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I agree. I, so will I. Probably. Um, it sucks. <laughs> But, yeah. unfortunately, but I'm going to say something. People make art. I'm going to say something. People can be yeah. shitheads, <laughs> you know. Right, right. Say it, no, man. Listen, say it. Car- Caravaggio, Caravaggio, one of the masters of the Renaissance, was famous for going into bars and beating people up. Yeah, yeah. He was. He I mean, was do an you know? Asshole. Do you know how many? Like again, this is not to say. This is not to say that anything excuses this sort of behavior. But do you know right. how many? Do you know how many historical figures that we hold up now oh, sure. that we loud as the as like oh yeah creating the building blocks of our art and culture <laughs> yeah or such tremendous shitheads like seriously 
Oh yeah, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Nate exactly. Aguilar. It's like, hello, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. Right. So did George Washington. Right. And there, you know, like, so there's a yeah. much larger conversation there. But I'm just speaking. Let's yeah. just yeah. let's narrow it down to comics specifically. Yeah, and I'm talking. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm just talking about yeah, art. I'm, like, uh, you think in, that in everybody art, yeah. from the gold? You don't. You don't think that. Uh, look. Yes, but let's this talk might, comics. This might. Be, I am. I'm saying. <laughs> I, like, I'm saying. Like, the golden age. Uh, you sure. don't think that like. This might be a hot take. You don't think the majority of the creators in the golden age didn't uh, think like your Trump loving grandpa? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just quite saying. possibly. Yeah. I mean, but the, well, the will, problem comes when it comes out. And again, people are allowed to have any views they want, whether I agree with them or not. But when they start coming out in secret messages in your fucking Hulk book, oh, yeah. we have yeah, a yeah. problem. You know, well, and that's think, that's the thing that uh, that's the thing that people have failed to understand uh, that th those sorts of people have failed right. to understand during this uh, time of accountability is that freedom of speech does not mean freedom <laughs> from consequence. Right. right. It also doesn't mean uh, freedom to keep your job when you come out uh, as being a colossal asshole, right. because mm -hmm. these are privately owned businesses. Uh, even even publicly traded businesses like it, Marvel is under no obligation to keep around somebody toxic. No. So Frank, right. what do you do right. with you? Like, what do you do with these comics? Are you getting rid of them? Do you um, hold on to them? Do you, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get rid of them. I'm I'm just going to hang on to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I might. I'm if if I have a creator that I really really don't like and I'm not okay with that book, I'm like I'll get rid of it. But you know, like most of the stuff I've that the, I that whole. Uh, Invincible, what Immortal Hulk run is I have on digital, right? So it's like it's it's on my iPad, you know. It's like I'll I'll read it, I'll finish reading the series, and I'll be done with it, you know. And then yeah. I won't go back to it. Um, well, unfortunately, you know, you don't have to worry uh, about well, going well, back to Joe Bennett. So I mean, because yeah, right. Tell you one thing that Comics Gate can't do: make good comics. <laughs> They're so, not good so, at I'll, it. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this now. Jack Kirby threatens to beat up Nazis during uh, post, you know, pre World War II before he was. So I love Jack Kirby is the hero yeah. of the comic. Yeah, industry no, it's true. For a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know? And like, uh, there was a uh, Kirby's birthday was at the end of August. Uh, yeah. It would have been, I think it says 105th birthday or something like that. And um, while you tell this story, Joe, uh, Frank, we got a bunch of people in line. So right. I'm going yeah, right, to move on. But, but uh, I will see you next time. Next all right, time. buddy. While uh, as it as it does every year, the story was going around about uh, uh, Jack Kirby being in the timely offices uh, when a couple of Nazis showed up in the lobby, and they're like, "Yes, yeah, or send the guy down." That we heard the guy that draws Captain America works here. Send him down. We want to show him what we think, what we think of his work. And to the horror of everybody in the office jack kirby rolled his sleeves up and headed for the elevator <laughs> and like that is apocryphal who yeah. knows if that really happened probably not but i but really like i story. hope it's true because we know that jack kirby is on record as saying like if i met a nazi i'd fucking knock his yeah, block off and we read his autobiography or his biography i guess and that no, guy autobiography is, he, he, he fought all kinds Nazis. of people brian amingos how are you today sir guys what's going on oh you know we're talking about shithead creators yeah, it's a bummer, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm. It's. I find it always helpful when people reveal themselves to you. It's yes. true. Um, it, it, it is true. It's, you know, like, like okay, like it. It sucks. Like there are. Um, I mean, I, Joe Bennett is nowhere near my you know top 
50 artists, but uh, he did a, like a significant run of uh, 52, which is one of my you know favorite series. And, uh, you know, I love those issues. And he did some really important scenes for some of those characters that I love. And like, it's just when I reread it, I'll just go, eh, you know, like yeah. you just feel, you know, not great. And And I think in a collaborative medium like comics you have to if it's a solo act you know writer artist you could that's easy if it's the person did yeah you know something heinous you could just kind of write them off but like i'm not going to not read 52 because joe bennett did 30 of the issues right and this you is know, a guy like, that's yeah, been right. in comics for like 30 years now so he's been all yeah. over the place you know mm-hmm. dc marvel all over the place and i do think he's an exceptional artist and in fact i think he we gave him a golden Beppo one year for best artist for his work on an, on immortal Hulk, yeah. you know? Yep. I mean, like I'm not, it is what it is. We didn't know he's a shithead back in the day when you were a Nazi, it, you got a swastika tattooed on your face. And I, and people like me were like, thank you. Now I can identify you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so I know where you going, stand, sir. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So go, go do your, I mean, it's, it's despicable and, and you know, I don't support it, but go do your transphobic, whatever, you know, anti-semitic stuff so that we know like great you you yeah. we want nothing to do with you yeah. like great mm-hmm. go and and joe i completely agree like when i see someone if i see indiegogo i it's like the reddest of flags yeah like, what are you doing and, and it's, it's not just a comic skate thing either indiegogo is like famous for just like sorry your money was they stolen have, you know they or, have no well, they have no standards yeah as well. i mean yeah, like, it, yeah it just like there's i mean there have been so many pointless and, and unnecessary comics produced through Kickstarter. So yeah. it's not like Kickstarter is not a valid option. Like, so the idea that somebody was said like, Oh, well I, check out my new book from Indiegogo. I say, uh, Nope. And you are on my list. See, like, and now now I'm, Eric Canetti you know, did it like has an Indiegogo thing going right now. And Eric Canetti is not a bad guy. Eric Canetti. We don't know that. We don't know anything about Eric Canetti. Well, I mean, he seems to be friends with everyone. He's Asian. So I doubt he's a white supremacist, you know? I mean, like, he seems like a totally normal guy to me. We call him bat broad strokes bomb over here. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but I, I know what you mean. Like he seemed, he was in, he he's in with a crew of people that you would not associate right. that way. Like this is a guy that talks right. to and Gail yeah, Simone well, on a regular basis. Right. On it's like, um, it's like when, when it came out that Jay Lee was doing covers for dynamite and people were like, uh, Jay, you understand that, dynamite is like buddies with the comic skate now right well that's and not how it like, came out he got outed, well i know that but <laughs> but jay, jay lee was like what's comic skate i'm right. not online yeah yeah he's like, like all right I, sure I, I was happy to take the eight thousand dollars i don't know anything about what you're talking about right. like, like, i think you know, yeah. but like what you're saying about indiegogo you're not wrong not everyone on indiegogo is a bad person that's impossible but Indiegogo sure doesn't have a great look behind it right now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, not every uh, not every Delta airline crashes in flames. Right. But you, if it happens two or three times, you might not want to fly Delta. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, sure. Delta. All right. Um, <laughs> I have nothing. Sure. I like I don't know anything specific about Delta. I just I came to the first airline that came to mind. All I know is they don't sponsor the oh. show. So fuck them, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that is exactly why I don't fly Delta. That's why I fly Southwest. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know spirits on the edge of, they want to. You guys are a little too inflammatory, but they would like to yeah, to, yeah. to support you. Yeah. yeah Sorry, I should have um, I should have said I should have said whatever the airline <laughs> uh, was the airline from Lost. Uh, what was the airline from Lost? No one's gonna remember that. Flight eight fifteen or whatever. <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and 
the like for like Brian Wood, I I have some of his stuff, the stuff that like meant something to me. Um, but for the most part, like I look back at some of the stuff that and I it didn't really I don't know. I got rid of certain runs of things, but like, yeah, I have, I still have my local hardcover. Ryan Kelly is like a, a great guy. And like, I, um, he's always seems like an army of one sort of thing. So like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to, to, to wipe everybody away. I think that's unfair to like the collaborators, yeah. especially yeah. on that. It's definitely so, a guy you know, like Ryan Kelly, who is like the sweetest guy in the world. And how is Ryan Kelly to know that Brian Wood was secretly like grooming women and shit like that? Like, that's almost even more insidious. It's one thing if you're an out and out racist and you're going to come out and say it and get on Twitter and just like, fuck, whatever, you know, like then people are just like, get the fuck out of here. But like, if you are working with someone who is doing something in secret for years and they're not going to share that with you as their, as you know, the artist on the book or something like that. That's sure. It's like, Hey, Ryan Kelly's fault. Uh, right. Hey Ryan, guess what <laughs> I did at the convention this weekend? You, yeah. You want to get in on this? Uh, right. Uh, I mean, you know, like I, again, and I don't want to, I don't want to like justify certain kinds of behavior, but when we're talking about things like this, you have to, you have to kind of measure the the level of the offense right it's it's sure. one thing it's a, it's, it is a it's, spectrum for sure right it's a spectrum it's one thing to be a creep it's another thing to be a racist yes and a transphobe and a or a rapist like an actual literal rapist right you know like, right you know just being a, a skeezy guy online or at conventions that's bad yes um but was a crime committed no you sure. know, is it unfortunate? Yes. Do I think about it when I think of Brian Wood? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Brian you know, Wood, we'll, I don't know if you noticed, doesn't have a lot of jobs anymore. So. Right. But yeah. like, you know, it, it's like, I, I can tell you if I had to pick a, a creator whose work I'd rather revisit, it's going to be Brian Wood over Ethan Van Skyver seven out of 10 days oh, of the absolutely. week. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. twice on Sundays. And so the other side of this is like when someone does fuck up and let's say it's not a case of, out and out racism because i don't think people just like turn around and go i got better i'm not racist anymore they say that you know like or in 2021 i was a, like, I was a I different no person in the past yeah, when that yeah, came exactly. out but like if you were creepy with women right you know and grooming women or something and years and you come out and you say look i have a problem i want to get help i apologize to everyone that i hurt and stuff like where does that go where do you file that do we go all right they're trying that's okay they can come back they admitted there was an issue you know like can we forgive someone who tries to be forgiven and puts himself out there? You know, like, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, you can it, obviously you can give them a chance, you know, it comes down to what the person who was personally affected by uh, how they right. feel about it. But, you know, as, as a fan, it's like, look, if somebody, cause like, Warren I'm a, Ellis, I'm a, Ellis I am out. somebody that I am somebody that subscribes to the philosophy of forgiveness. Like if somebody sure. is making a genuine, sure. Like uh, again, it's one thing if they're a Nazi, but if somebody is like, I, you know what, I, I did a lot of bad stuff. I, my attitudes were, have changed since I was young, uh, or, or since, uh, shorter apology, <laughs> you know, it's like, but uh, you know, uh, yes. If somebody's making a genuine effort, I am the sort of person that's like, okay, well let's see it. Right. You know, give them the, give them the chance. I think Warren Ellis is a perfect example because he did put out a statement that was very much like, well, I'm sorry. 
you know, and everybody was like, I don't know if that's good enough. And it wasn't. Well, and and he, I, don't even, I don't know if he actually it was made very an, half an actual apology. No, but yeah. he made it sound like <laughs> I didn't know I was hurting people. And, da, 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 and like, if I did, you know, yeah. sorry about it, you know, and then continued to the behavior <laughs> as right. well. So, like, um, no, that's but not yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. And like Brian said, it's a spectrum and right. it, it's it's tough. Like, I'm not going to be rereading anything Ethan Van Skyver drew anytime no. soon. I, I mean, well, he just keeps digging that, you know, so. Uh, Brian, yeah. did you have well, anything else? Well, yeah, I mean, Vince Guyver, it sucks that he's in so many things, you know, and the, like he's yeah, right. kind of important to the last 20 years of DC Comics and, you know, or, you know, previous 15 to the previous five years or so. And right. so it's mm -hmm. like, oh, great. Mm -hmm. He's just like peppered in there. Yeah. Um, that sucks. Um, one uh, thing I did uh, notice, because um, I noticed the same thing, uh, Matt, in that, uh, that suicide squad get joker book where they have like the growlics and then no growlics. Yeah. There's like the swearing. Yeah. They reprinted like the first 20 pages in their free comic book day. Oh. And I think those pages, cause oh, I read the free comic okay. book day issue. They were like censored. Okay. And then I think when they, I think they just never changed. They just used the same lettering. Oh yeah. That's, crazy just save some weird. money yeah like fuck it just throw you know those what pages I mean? back Which up. that was really funny i was like because yeah. i noticed the same thing it's like why is he talking to amanda waller in a jail cell like talking yeah. about literal you know right. shit and it's <laughs> it's all censored it's like and then later on he's like and then like two pages later we're, we're just like fountains of cuss words you know like yeah, yeah. It made no sense, but I think <laughs> that's they, really they funny just didn't edit it so i i read it last night so oh, that's that, really funny. okay that but, makes um, a lot more sense now Thank yeah, you. pretty goofy. I'm not uh, crazy. Yeah, they, they have no editors at DC anymore, so they, apparently not. Was like, let me take another yeah. pass at that. I think they no, have they one. Fired I think all, they have so. one. <laughs> they, they have like eight, which are doing an amazing job right. because the books are good. But like, you know, they I think they need more. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they hire them. I think they're but, a little uh, uh, overworked right now. So, but uh, yeah, that's all I got. Have a good day, guys. Good to talk to you, buddy. Brian. Uh, David Robbins corrected me. It's, it was oceanic, oceanic oh, flight. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. You, you, you hear about one oceanic flight that uh, disappears off the radar and, and washes up on a deserted mystical Island. You're probably not going to fly. Oceanic. Going right back to that joke. JD, how are we today? I do, look, I do. Look. <laughs> I wanted it to be a fictional yeah. example. <laughs> what are we I'm rapping glad you guys about? got the Warren Ellis talk out of the way with Brian, because I know based on the question of the week, everyone expected me to go into that. And nah. I don't yeah, need it, it's just right now. And like I have and I know some people that are like, I don't care. I mean, like, I'm going to read a shit. I don't care. Like a terrible person or not. Good writer. I want to read it. And that's totally valid. If you want to do that. Now, totally. And valid. More, and more positive news. I want to talk about the, the big event for me, which was the, the character that I think was long overdue and finally got the solo book that they deserve. My namesake, Jeff the Lanchard. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> it's How funny because. David Robbins. It? Oh, it's it's really good. Uh, it's not for any of us. It's definitely for a young well, Certainly, yeah, right, yeah. But right. that being said, David Robbins making the uh, the, the SNL joke. Uh, Kelly Thompson definitely put an homage to that in there. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, you, you yes. have to, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, which yeah, I mean, again, it's a joke. It's a joke for people that uh, were born twenty years prior right. to the current audience for that book but so yeah, tell, yeah, them, yeah. tell them about the books because not a lot of people even know what this is tell them about the book it's it's just a well it's the infinite books uh it's so it's a vertical scrolling uh kind of at least with jeff landshark it's almost no dialogue it's right all pictures 
and it's just uh just it, it it's almost sunday funnies it's almost like family circus yeah, kind of uh, like owly it's uh, okay. kind of sounds seems like yeah yeah it's be very like similar to that i mean it's one and done so like the first one is uh, a pool party and it's really cool to see all the different like versions of the superheroes in their pool attire you know you got miles <laughs> walking around and you know board shorts and his mask right <laughs> and it's super cute but uh you know Doctor Strange is in a pool floaty reading, you know, reading at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. it's, a, but, it's a kid's uh, book, though. It's like fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a kid's book. Okay. It's, but it's super cute. You know, it's like Jeff, you know, Jeff coming, walking up to the pool. And he's super excited. And he's got his floaties on. And then he takes the floaties off and he jumps in the water and he's swimming around. And he's having a good time. And then he's swimming along and his fin's sticking up. And then he comes out of the water and he realizes everyone's out of the pool. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a shark in the pool. Because yeah, they're all terrified, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just ends there. And then the next one, he gets stuck in the washing machine. <laughs> Sounds adorable. And then, the, and then here's where the SNL joke comes in: is uh, the third one is he goes to the beach, and he sees the ocean. And there's all these people on the beach, and they're surfing and having a good time. And he goes to run up the water. Right before he gets to the water, he remembers what happened at the pool. Oh, goes, uh, so he goes to a costume shop. And he comes back dressed as a dolphin. <laughs> okay. All right. I I'm just a it. dolphin, ma'am. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I was going to talk about the, you know, we've been doing some uh, makeover on the lake house. Nice. And uh, got some new things. Um, the, I, you know, I agree with you, Joe, that the, the Black Widow art was not, not my first pick. It wasn't for everyone, but I liked the story personally. I thought Mark Russell did a great job. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to like I read it really quickly late at night, but I'm trying to remember it. Yeah, it was like um Black Widow conning Hawkeye into helping her with a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love that dynamic. I love the fact that they have become more of a pair in recent uh in recent uh stories. Uh, so I'm always I guess I'm always a mark for anything with Black Widow and Clint. But uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, I'll be curious to see how these play in with, you know, being able to tell stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely like some of the updates they've done to the to the app. Uh, especially the biggest one I love is be you can follow a series now. Yeah. So yeah, you don't have to remember what you were reading. It's or so stupid that you couldn't beforehand. Like, guys. well, I mean, you would put things <laughs> in your library, but you'd had to do it an issue at a I time. I mean, I get it, but, but like, it's one thing yeah. if you're buying a monthly comic because you can just go. Did I get that last issue? Yes, there it is in my hand and the number. Yeah. It's if it's digital yeah. and you're like, where the fuck was I? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, but I mean, yeah, was, but when you buy good. when you buy digital comics, you know what you've bought. It's right. no, it's no different. But you if you're reading them, them on an app, yes, right, right. If you're subscribing. Yeah, you've got yeah. everything at your disposal. Trying to remember what you're following right. can be a challenge, especially or like right. what page and, you were and, on and, in that. And issue. even if it's even if you look at your history, like. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, the DC infinite, uh, the DC infinite app, I, I look at that and I look at my history and it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's the book I just read and the book I read before that. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, here's your favorite series. Right. And it's like, these are things that are in my library. Yes. And then here are your lists, the lists you've made. Oh, these are the things that I've mm-hmm. um, added to my library in a slightly different way. And so it's like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like right. why? Yeah. Why right. is it this obtuse? Um, just being able to have a list of the books on your like watch list or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a and Netflix queue. Right? right. It makes way more sense. It'd be like if you, right. if you bought your physical comic 
and you put it in the long box. And when you did, it appeared in three other long boxes in random places. You know, yeah, like, right. <laughs> it's like, um, uh, our, uh, why did that we, do uh, that? <laughs> I, I'm sure we've told this story before on the show, but when our friend Big Mike passed away and we had to uh, sort his collection at Legend, um, we discovered, well, we knew this already, but, um, we learned just how bonkers his filing system oh was because God. he didn't file. He did not file things chronologically no. or alphabetically. He filed. It, he was. It was like it was like John Cusack's character from High Fidelity. Totally. Oh yeah. He, totally. He organized oh, things like yeah. yeah. Right. It's like this is my Greg Rucka box, but Mike. <laughs> uh, this, but Mike. Uh, or my Gail Simone box, or my George Perez box. It's like, but Mike George Perez only drew some issues of Teen Titans, not all of them. So you're telling me that all of your Teen Titans comics are not all together? It's like, well, no, he's in my Titans box. It's like, well, like, hold, but Mike. <laughs> and That's when it came funny. time for us at Legend to actually sort and process that collection, it was just like a nightmare yeah. uh, of, of trying to get it right. in order. Like, well, these are my fall comics. You're like, what does yeah, that mean? And that's, what it's, and that's what it has been like. That's what it has been like kind of navigating these apps as they figure out right. how to present their yeah. information. Right. What, and one, anything, one thing I wanted to... Yeah. Yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about with the the Marvel app, and it kind of ties in the next thing we'll talk about. One of the things I thought they did really well is they were really good about organizing events. You know, being able to read an event. Yes, I did like that. I, yeah. I liked that. Uh, uh, I no, liked been, that you could you could look at things yeah. by a big event. Um, the DC app has uh, something similar for storylines, which I've used, right. and um, it's fun. It's fun to be able to do that. Uh, it's what it's what got me through that that week that we did. Um, <laughs> Heroes Reborn and Onslaught. Uh, yeah. it, it Speaking was, of Heroes Reborn, oh, okay. I wanted to ask that because uh, you recently reviewed the first issue of Dark Ages. Yes. And your major complaint was that it's out of continuity. Not That's not my major complaint. That is one of my complaints. My okay. complaints were it becomes very obvious that it's out of continuity. And when you start d- killing as many people as you do in the first four pages, it just feels like, all right, so what are the stakes here? I mean, like nothing. I mean, okay. you know, well, it's just too much I'm reading, too fast. I'm reading, I'm reading Heroes Reborn in the Lake House right now. And I was just curious, how is this, the low stakes of an Elseworlds or a what if different than an event like Heroes Reborn where you know sure. the writer is going to put the toys back in the box? Okay, so well, I don't, uh, just so a matter of that's a rule how for, creatively they put the toys back? Yes, I think that it comes down to how well is the story being told? How creatively will they put the toys back? Because obviously we knew Heroes Reborn was going to revert. So was it yeah. out of continuity? No. It just the world changed for a while. And then how are they going to change it back? And right. quite honestly, by the end of Heroes Reborn, I lost interest in it. It, it went a little oh, too yeah. long. They had too many tie-ins and it just lost me. Had they just done a tight four issues? This is going on in the yeah. Avengers. And, you know, a couple, sure, single issues of this character or whatever. I mean, you could have read fine. the Heroes Reborn event. It was only five issues long over the span of yeah. five weeks. It yeah. was fine. Uh, or I, I guess it was, I guess first. it was six issues because it was a six end cap or whatever. Yeah. It so, was, far, it was, so far, I've, I think it's really ham-fisted in yeah. how, uh, I mean, that's kind how of, evil they're making the, 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 the sinister or the, the squadron, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so we trust and yeah. Uh, so these are some things I'll say since you're just kind of getting into it. Um, the difference um, between, he, Oh, okay. The difference between heroes reborn and dark ages is that dark ages is a, what if 
right. from the mm-hmm. jump, right? It's right. there's there's nothing to tie it to current continuity. Heroes Reborn is a direct spinoff of the actual current events in the yeah. Avengers yeah. title. Yeah, I'm aware. Of that. And so it's it's kind of it's it's more akin to me to like Age of Apocalypse, where it's like, oh no, right. Or we house, fucked up the world house of M, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. Like right. That. You know, that, and so, yes, you know, that the, you know, that all the toys are going to go back in the box, but uh, the toys being uh, strewn out from the box is also part of the story. Right. Right. And, right. Um, and that I think kind of makes it, it gives it a little bit more impact. Um, and I, I totally know what you were saying about, I, I, uh, agree with what you were saying about like how cartoonish the villains are in heroes reborn. But yeah. I also thought that that was like part of the, like Coulson made a deal with the devil to create yeah. an idealized version of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's more like Pleasantville. If right. Pleasantville was run by superheroes that worship Satan. Right. And that's what wore on me by the end. I, it was just a little too yeah. clever. I think it was cute. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. cute. cute. And, and, yeah. But also at the same time, I like for an idealized world, the heroes were shitheads. Yeah. They were shitheads. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> totally. Wasn't even, wasn't even how cartoonish the villains were. It was that the heroes were, I mean, like, you know, everyone from, you know, especially the blur. Oh, my, oh not, not the blur. Uh, Dr. Dr. Spectrum. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That book was unreadable. Yeah. I yeah. Didn't care and, about I mean, and that's, uh, and that's, you know, I think for me that kind of goes, uh, that kind of speaks to towards like a personal, um, preference or personal affinity for the squadron Supreme, because that is like their entire MO is characters that are con- consistently mind controlled. Right. Or tricked or tricked into being like, or tricked uh, into being evil. Right. Um, yeah. and then deciding that maybe it wasn't so bad, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, you, gosh, we sure did have it good when the world was everything we wanted it to be. Right. Um, like, have they changed the characters? Uh, yes, they've, yeah, they have definitely right. changed the, the characters because they were never, they were never, they were much more heroic in like a Justice League mold. Sure. Now they're, you know, they were, they like, were much, they were much they more show archetypal. up. Everyone should just be like, uh, guys, <laughs> like, like, no, I it's can't have lunch Dr. with you. Spectrum you guys are bad news. Like a- <laughs> Casting yeah. Dr. Spectrum as like a right wing, almost Trumplican stereotype, you know, this America, which kind know, of makes like, sense, but it's not pleasant. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, it's like, it's like, what if it's like, what if U.S. agent got the Green Lantern ring? Kind of, yeah, <laughs> which we kind have of. that. It's his name is Guy Gardner, JD. <laughs> yeah, it's but yes, uh, yeah, very similar. JD, yeah, we got to keep rolling here. So we got a few more peeps in line, but it is good All to right. talk to you, my man. Talk to you later, See you, buddy. Yeah, I don't know if they if they did the Squadron Supreme dirty or the Squadron Supreme did it to himself or the they Squadron just... Supreme. It's more that the Squadron Supreme has always been dirty. Yeah, right. Always, yes. and I think that's why yep. I never cared about him because it was just so obvious whenever they showed up. Like, well, I know exactly where this is going, and they are definitely like, uh, the bad the, guys. The, the most the Squadron <laughs> Supreme's most beloved story involves them trying to create a crimeless utopia through mind control. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, the squadron Supreme, they're not, they're not good guys. David Robbins. How are we today, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Hello. Just making fun of the squadron Supreme. Oh, okay. Well, you, you guys have fun with that. I uh, (laughs) I can't contribute to that. That's all right. Um, so a question of the week, first of all, um, I don't think it does any, anybody any good to purge your collection of things that you've already owned. Totally. You're not, you already own it. You already paid for it. It's already yours. Who does it benefit or who does it hurt 
if you get rid of it. Right. Adam yeah, Wednesday. Unless it's some form of, form of personal catharsis. Adam exactly. Wednesday in our sure. chat just said, like, look, I bought all the absolute transmetropolitans. I am in way too deep financially to yep. just throw that shit away. Yeah. Totally valid. I get it. You know, I didn't get rid of I've got all mine still. The thing but it did like, stop him from buying the absolute planetary. Right. So, so, I mean, you guys know the genre and the, the show that I'm a huge fan of. And, it, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in that same world. So it's, what do I do? Do I purge all that stuff that, like, you know, the, the memory of that show is what brought my girlfriend and I together. You know, it's like, right. it, yeah, you can't purge all that stuff from, from it, but you can not contribute to that artist's, you know, well-being in the future. I mean, and it, and it is a thing about time. Like, Bing Crosby, we still listen to that music every Christmas. Yes. By all means, by all accounts, he was a horrible, horrible person. Oh, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Like, beat the hell out of his wife. Beat the hell out of his kids. Like, he was Absolutely. terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but like, who does it hurt if that person not, doesn't, get a, doesn't benefit from us listening to it or reading stuff that was already on our shelf? Sure. Same thing with H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Same thing. Agreed. Like, Terrible Agreed. person, super racist, but guess what? His stuff has been like in the public domain for so long yeah. that no one's making money on it. It's Absolutely. Yeah, they could make like the, the adventures of super gay black Cthulhu and yeah. no, like Lovecraft estate could do nothing about it. Well, I mean, and, and in that case, wonderful. That's what Lovecraft that country was. A, in that case, it's more kind of a of, yeah. in the eye to the Lovecraft estate than anything else. Yeah. You know, if well, you. Well, and I, I also have to believe that it, like if they're like, I don't. I'm sure he did. I guess I don't know enough about his personal life to know if he had like, if he has descendants, but, um, but like, I have to believe that he was the sort of person that if he did have family that survives to this, this day, they're kind of like, yeah, we don't really like that. Yeah. Our uncle uh, was really problematic. Right. One of those things. Sure. Um, so I just got some bullet points I want to hit here. Um, Ted Lasso season two is continuing to be great. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so good. It's Jesus so good. Christ. Look, I don't want to spoil anything, and this isn't the Ted Lasso cast, but right. this week's episode made me cry. Me too. And you know what? You know what happened when it? You know where Oof. it hit me? Yep. Uh, it, it hit us all in the exact same spot. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, that. Ugh, that show. Yeah. Um, Lucifer season six final season dropped yesterday on Netflix. I've only watched the first episode so far, but so far I'm enjoying it. Um, I know it's not, uh, not Matt's things, it's not but my thing. you know, people love it. My girlfriend loves it. And uh, Tom Ellis is just so damn charming. I'm sorry. Uh, is David say what show again? Lucifer. Lucifer. Oh, Final Lucifer. Season. Yes. I've, Lucifer. yeah, I look, I want to get into it. I've heard nothing but good things about it. If you, if like, I think the hardest thing that you guys are going to have is to divorce yourself from the comic prop. Yeah. It I, is I, a police procedural with the comic book character sort of, of Lucifer who people tell their greatest desires to go. Yeah. That's pretty much the, the whole show. If you just put that in your mind and divorce yourself from your comic pre notions, um, you'll probably love it. You know, it's, yeah, it's that right. really comfortable, comforting hey, I mean, thing of a procedure. Yeah. Sure. It, it's kind of it's kind of like enjoying the portrayal of John Constantine on Legends of Tomorrow. Like sure. we exactly. like I will. I will never make the argument that he is a comic accurate representation of John Constantine. That's not why I like him. It's not why I like the show. I think that that version of the character is fun and, and I think the show is fun and that's fair. That's all that really matters. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, that's actually on my bullet point list for this week because the legend season finale was this past Sunday. Yes. yes. Um, that show is just meandering at the moment. 
Um, I don't know what's been going on with this alien season. It's uh, yeah, this wasn't my favorite season at all, but no. um, it had some good character stuff that I liked, and the finale yeah. I thought was fun. If the finale was fun, um, I'm sad to see Constantine go off the show. Um, I understand why um, Mick Rory, why Heatwave is leaving the show. Um, I'm okay if Spooner's leaving the show. Um, A I, lot of them are leaving, huh? Yeah, well, Mick Rory, they, he, um, he, Dominic Purcell has said that this is his last season, and they wrote him out, and they've got a lot of character development with him, and he's not the, the thug that he was with um, Captain Cold on Flash. Right. Um, they really, really done some development with him, and I like it. And now um, Sarah's the only one left from the original cast. Wow. Um, that's the they, they've had almost. Yeah, that's girl. true. Uh, that's true. Maybe um, it's time to I don't stop. think Spooner. I don't know if I did, is Spooner leaving. I don't know if I'd heard. I, that, I, but. I mean, if there's no aliens or whatever, what is. Oh, really well, uh, no spoilers. We can talk about it next time uh, yeah. after you've seen the finale. Um, but uh, in true Legends fashion, it ends on a on a cliffhanger that yeah. uh, makes me kind of wonder what they're going to do next season. But um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't love the alien. uh larger arc overall but i did like like there were specific episodes that i really enjoyed like the cosmic bowling alley and agreed uh you know that sort of thing um so still legends uh you know on on balance is still pretty good fair enough um star girl uh is i love it continuing to be good Um, i love it so much i like just it's it's the character drama that was what made flash so good and arrow so good at the beginning that some of the shows have just lost their way on. And we're getting a lot of that in Stargirl. Yeah. You know, it's like, like they, uh, I think they, the mantra over there at Flash was um, heart, heroics, and uh, something else. And that's what Stargirl has. Heart, heroics, and then everybody gets powers. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. I mean, but that's also, that's what's that, that's Stargirl as well. As well. Right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like, look, Stargirl, Stargirl is the kind of show where if you are the, or if you are a fan of comics that is mad that the uh, shows are not as close to the source material as you'd like, boy, have I got a good news. Yeah. Uh, not that they are like uh, slavishly devoted to any specific storyline, but if you would like to see the Thunderbolt genie on screen. There you go. Stargirl is the place yep. to go. <laughs> Dr. Like it's Dr. Minlink, Dr. Min Jade showed up. They don't call her Jade, but like Jade is there. And, and um, Thunderbolt was, um, uh, that was, a. Uh, it was Jim uh, Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. Thank you. Couldn't think of his yeah. name. I was going to say, <laughs> was the voice of Thunderbolt. Um, yeah. Like Eclipso is the main villain. Eclipso historically is a very silly villain that DC has tried uh, many times over the years to make threatening. Yeah. I never um, got like Eclipso was one of those villains where it's just like, sorry, not scary. So nope. far, yeah. it seems terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Eclipso in the few episodes in the six episodes we've gotten of Star Girl so far, Eclipso is scarier uh, than he has ever been in the comics. Hmm. And uh, yeah, like Solomon Grundy, like it's yep. it's the whole deal. It's the JSA, you know, right. and it's it's. Like they mentioned Ted Knight and Starman and it's, it's everything that I want. The shade is there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good and pure and fun. Indeed. Um, what if was great. Um, yeah. What if it keeps getting darker? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I think that this is the middle, the middle part of it. I think we're going to, first of all, I think we're going to see 
the first couple episodes, those characters from the first couple come back around in an Avengers type. Yeah. At the end. I yeah. Agree. Which um, I think is something that we already know for sure. Yeah. There's definitely setting up yeah. every episode. There's definitely some setup for the character that's there in that world to get Ex- recalled for something. You know? Except for they killed all the Avengers and uh, they're all zombies. And Dr. Strange is the last person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this uh this episode yes. was so the ending was so bleak yeah uh where it's just like and now a note of hope nope <laughs> yeah. like, uh and, the, and that's the thing that I, I always forget about marvel zombies they didn't really lean into uh the fact that they keep their personalities yeah uh on the show that they do keep their powers right and so uh there, if if you think that zombies are scary, uh, zombies that can uh, climb walls and shoot webs and uh, fight like Captain America have uh, yeah. have uh, suits of complex armor or Infinity Stones, boy, it's much scarier than you think. Yeah. <laughs> or, or sorcery um, and magic. Yeah, yeah or yeah. that can shrink down and bite you without you even knowing. Yeah, know they're there. I loved there. that. That was cool. Yeah. Like mi- yeah. like little mini, you know. Wasps, zombie. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shang-Chi was phenomenal. It was. It was uh, phenomenal. It really it was. was. It was so different from, I don't know what I was expecting going into it, um, but I loved it. The way they massaged his origin yeah. and made it not super problematic. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Uh, and now the only thing I want is a Disney Plus series with Wong and Luis and Kurt from Ant-Man. <laughs> That's all I like. Just Luis explaining to Wong everything that he doesn't know about current pop culture. Right. Because that would be hilarious. Yeah, I'd be totally yeah. down. <laughs> Bring back the Marvel one-shots and give me that. Luis and Wong sitting around and having like a pint of ice cream at Baskin Robbins. Cause Baskin Robbins always finds out. Right. Uh, that's yeah. right. Uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of the Marvel one shots real quick, they added the, um, I forget the name of it. The hail to the King. The, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Hail to the King. Uh, they, they added the Ben Kingsley Mandarin Iron Man three, one shot to yeah. Disney plus, and it's, uh, in advance of the release of Shang-Chi. It's so good. <laughs> And, uh, you know, for, you know, no spoilers, but there's a reason it's there. Right. Um, And again, I have not seen the movie, but I do know about certain people that are in the movie. Um, But uh, yeah, I I think that's a brilliant move. I don't for frankly, I don't know why all the one shots aren't already on. Yeah, it seems odd. But still, give give me a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer any day. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. Um, there, and there's the there's that one that had such potential as like this could sh- set up Agents of Shield that uh, item forty four or whatever item it was 47, called yeah item forty seven, um and it's like yeah of course uh, and they kind of used they used that uh, something similar to uh, as the plot of um Spider Man Homecoming like the idea right. that all of this alien craps laying around after every battle yep. um. Uh, so uh, Matrix Four trailer was awesome and I'm kind of <laughs> that movie now. Oh my god! Yeah, I like I. I said this online uh, in a movie group that I'm in as like the idea that they were making matrix four was only theoretical up until the point I saw that trailer. Yep. And now that it's a reality, I am so excited. Oh, it's very yeah. much like um, uh, avatar two. Like, until- yeah, right. It's like, uh, huh. Yeah. Right. They're making another matrix. Sure. We're all guys. excited. We're all super excited for matrix four. Right. 
cautiously now optimistic. let's just stop real quick and think about the matrix two and three real quick. I don't like two <laughs> look uh, uh, there is a growing number of people out there that will argue that those matrix sequels are actually not bad i, I don't mind they are not the matrix i liked both for the record i yeah. back in the day matt bomb defended them they have problems. I don't disagree with that. But it I mean, seems there like are things about them that I don't just, like, like for sure. Forgot. Like um, there are problems with two and three, and they're just like, fuck yeah, the Matrix is back. Like, okay, when they have another rave dance, you know, like in the cavern, I don't want to hear well, about it. I mean, look, we're, <laughs> right? we're, we're, we're living in a Keanu Zance, you know, yeah. and so yeah. I will forgive a lot. I you just, know, those Bill and Ted movies aren't great either, but Bill and Ted face the music was magical, and I won't hear anything bad about the it. The first one was the only good one. Go ahead. I got one uh, one last thing. Um, uh, Come from away. Um, if you guys are not familiar, Come from away is a Broadway show. Yeah, my wife um, loves it. Yes. Yeah, about the town in Newfoundland that all the planes that got diverted from the U.S. airspace on 9/11 when they right. closed the borders. Um, it's a little town that had the biggest airport in North America. All the planes got diverted there. The town went from a population of seven thousand to fourteen thousand in one day oh, because wow. of all the people that got diverted there. Um, they filmed it. Um, it was the first show to come back and have an audience on Broadway during shutdown. And the cast, about half of the original cast were back in the show. Um, they filmed a, a live version of it, edited together like the Hamilton version from Disney plus it dropped oh, on nice. Apple. It dropped on Apple plus yesterday. Okay. We'll have to watch that. Um, it is magnificent. We'll have to watch the that. show is it, it's not a, like it's a full show, but it's not like, it's like here's a little vignette that it's an anthology it's it's basically an anthology like you get a little bit of everybody's story right kind of sort of it's all one giant story but they they kind of zip in and out of different people's experiences right um the music is great the show is wonderful if you have apple tv plus watch it this weekend um check it out my wife in the chat says, Come I do from away is wonderful and only 90 minutes. So great. Yeah, well, it's like, like most musical, like most Broadway shows or even any kind of theatrical show you go to, you're, you're talking about a three hour commitment. Oh, no, for sure. No, just but Casey this, gets very concerned about the length of things. Like before she even not. sees it, she's like, oh, this, two this and a half hours. Like, even on Broadway. <laughs> All right, David, crazy. good to talk to you, man. And uh, you two start your own Broadway podcast. It'll be great. All right. Nope. I won't know anything about it. So <laughs> there he is. I can already hear Jim. Talk to us. Okay. So Webtoon. Yeah. Webtoon. Okay. So within the first 24 hours of it dropping, you had 38,000, oh, 68,000 likes on chapter one and then fit by 50 K each. As of today, they're at 73,000 likes. Jesus. And fifty and sixty three, but the, the the interesting thing is like it 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 doesn't track views anymore because some things are like in the hundreds of millions of views right overall right. So the and the interesting thing was Batman subscriptions. So these are people that have clicked the button to be notified of new chapters at four hundred and twenty thousand right now. So yeah. does that translate? Like, is that success on this platform, or is that is that low? Is that high? Like. I'm, okay, trying, so I'm trying the, to figure out like what is DC going to decide this is is right. success. So the well, like the like ratio of other things that I read that is that is good of other things I read. The description is kind of low, but that's like within we're not even a week away. So right. like the, the 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 big the the big ones on the platform, the biggest is like 10 million subscriptions. Uh, the things that I read are around five. 
Um, but the ones that I read out like 5 million are usually around that like total because you have to click a button to say you like it. Right. The comments right. for the chapters have been pretty positive. Uh, YouTubers, people that I follow that do like reviews, they were like, oh my God, we have a Batman on this. This is kind of crazy. This was fun. Yeah. So I guess, I guess what is, what, what can they get out of it? Um, I guess it's a low stakes invent because you're, you're not printing anything and you can have mm-hmm. newer artists and newer writers have a crack at something to make it fun. Yeah. And I, they are, they're definitely doing a, a younger, it's a younger product. It, it's for, right. you know, Oh yeah. So ahead. for the web two, I'm curious to see if this continues with the like ratio, what are they, are they going to put more safer fun things out there? Yeah. Like, I, I guess my question is, does this drive people that, who don't read webtoons to read this. That's exactly okay. And vice versa. That's what I don't, I'm at. I don't, I don't think people who will read this will like, Oh man, now like people are happy that it's out, but I don't think they're going to like buy comics. No, that's, that's exactly where I'm at. Like, look, whether you like it or dislike it, there yeah. was nothing about it for me, the Batman reader that reads Batman comics and likes Batman. There was nothing about it that I went, I need that Batman in my life. I get why people like it and right. want that in their life. But I don't understand the DC experiment where they say, here it is on webtoons. You want more Batman? Come check out a comic book. That is nothing fucking like this. Yeah. That I, is yeah. dark and serious. And Batman's a total asshole. You know, like I, I don't understand but, uh, that. I, I, part I guess it. maybe they're reaching for younger audiences. Yes. And also like, I, but I, I can't believe I have to have this argument with Matt. Like Jim, I, I understand if you don't really know this, but, DC and Marvel have been doing shit like this for our entire lives. They have been putting out alternate versions for different audiences. I don't disagree with that. And the format has changed. The style has changed. The audience has changed. And this is literally no different than putting out a book like Tiny Titans or Supergirl uh, Adventures in the Eighth Grade or whatever it was called. Here's why it is different, though. Because they were selling Tiny Titans and they were selling Supergirl. It's but people also money. are buying tokens on Webtoon to you unlock can't. these chapters early. You, you can't. You can't. People do that, and that is a way that people feel like I can pay the, the author directly. Right. And we talked doing. about this I, I when we, we talked about this when we announced that this was happening. That actual physical, like monetary transactional sales per chapter isn't necessarily the metric of success right for projects like this i guess i it just seems like, to me like if you're a, going a to offer book, this wouldn't you want to comic, bring them to the comic side so they could yeah, make money and, yeah and buddy it's a week old i guess and maybe we are going to yeah. start seeing web and comics. so like and like you can you can argue till the cows come home about why they're doing this or how is it going to work the fact remains that i watched i I saw a story about how the subscriptions for this comic went from a few thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand in one day right it's not one week one day it's insane i totally agree and now it's double that and and that is more people that have read a single issue of any Batman comic ever printed for the last 50 years. Oh, easily, easily. But so maybe, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the goal. I, that, it's, that's gotta be the goal because I don't, they, because it's not to bring them to it's come read butts in seats, baby fear state alpha. And, that's for certain. <laughs> you know. And, well, and like these, and the, like the, but these are people that will like 
maybe watch the next Batman cartoon or buy the next Batman toy or wall scroll or poster or whatever. Do they still still make wall scrolls? I guess you keep the advertisement of being Batman out there. Yes, right. Maybe this will lead to people if you put different Supermans or maybe Flashes and people will read those. You've got, you have got, you have got three times, uh, you've got three times the number of your average monthly audience for Batman yeah. actively engaging with the brand of Batman yeah. than you did last week. Right. And okay. that's, I, and I get that, I guess. And if you don't understand why that's a success, then I don't understand. It's not like, that I don't understand why it's success. I guess I just, from the point of view, it's like all I can see from a comic publisher is trying to push someone to read your comics. Well, this is unlike any of your comics and you're not doing anything like this. If you think the primary goal of anybody responsible for the publication of comics is to get people to read the comics, you have not been paying attention. No, I mean, that's fair. But like, you also have a Batman movie that's coming up real quick here. Do you think those kids are going to like go? Yeah, that's that's the Batman in the Webtoon comic. No, no, so, but that doesn't I mean, mean they won't like Batman yeah, or find I, I things agree. that they I recognize agree. from Batman. It also doesn't mean that everybody reading this comic thinks that Batman is some like kid friendly nonsense. Right. And to be fair, everything I saw, like the response, like, this is what I've wanted in my Batman for so long. This is the Batman I've been looking for. I'm like, okay. Yes. And, and again, and that might not necessarily mean literally everything about it, but the right. idea of the Batman family acting like a family. Yes. And we've complained about absolutely, that too. Is absolutely something that many Batman fans long yes. for, me included. We I read every chapter. It. I read all of the available chapters. And I thought that they were charming and fun. Yep. And do I think that they're Batman? No. Do I think that they're going to replace Batman? Don't be ridiculous. Um, is it something? Watch is what it, happens did, when it does. Yeah. Did I, did I get something out of it that I don't get from the main Batman comic? Absolutely. I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. And you guys have explained it very well. I and it's just not for old man Matt. It's not for me. Yeah, and like it's the same with these Infinity comics. Uh, I I think Webtoon. I like kudos to Marvel, and I know that I made a joke about them like following in DC's footsteps, but they had to have been planning this for many months. Um, the the Marvel Infinity comics and their complete overhaul of the Unlimited app. Say what you will about Webtoon. At least there is no monetary investment to get to dip your toe. Yeah into what DC is doing with webtoon. Unlike with Marvel unlimited, where you have to subscribe to Marvel unlimited to read those comics. That's true. Right. That's so interesting. if nothing else, they're giving it away, which shows some altruism, I suppose. Just like drug dealers. Just just altruistic. On, uh, yeah. yeah. Just to end on, uh, I'll, I go with, I defer to Matt's wife on review to Shang-Chi. I, I did, I did venture out to the world. I did watch it. Nice. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think her review to drive people to that to listen to is pretty accurate. My my thoughts are pretty much in line with hers. Fair um, enough. I had some problems with it in the final third act, but my, I, I guess the opening big action piece was so amazing. I just I just thought yeah. I'd get more less CGI action like that, but I didn't. But that's that's just me. Yeah. Fair enough. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mister Jameson. Okay, it's voicemail time in the ziggurat. Hey guys, it's Jason Sachs. I can't join you on Saturday. I am doing fantasy football draft. We miss you, Matt. Just uh, beating you every week. Sorry, Jay. Uh, so I'm just in my car driving home from seeing Shang-Chi. Uh, I thought it was a good movie. I'm sure you guys are talking about it a lot today. 
First of all, it's not the movie that has anything to do with anything of what I think of as Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Yep. Uh, in my mind, the great Shang-Chi movie would have been a really cool James Bond pastiche with our uh, hero caught in the middle of a international uh, battle forced by his dad. We don't have any of that, really. Uh, so my comparison to this movie is it's a lot like Black Panther, at least for the first two-thirds. It's got a really nice exploration of our character and his role in his larger society and his legacy. Shows his friends. His uh, female friend is just a really cool character, too. It's pretty clear why they're pals. Uh, we get a few great cameos in the film. I'm not going to spoil it at all by saying who's in it, but I thought it was really fun. It's also like Black Panther kind of moves independently of all the other Marvel movies. You don't have to really know anything about the other Marvel movies to kind of get this film. Maybe the post credit scene, but even there, it's just kind of fun. problem is the third act just kind of comes out of nowhere. There's not a lot of foreshadowing for it. And I just thought it was like so special effects driven as opposed to character driven. Remind me a little bit of, and this is a very strange comparison, but you'll get it when you see the movie, The NeverEnding Story. Yes. Uh, I didn't need to see The NeverEnding Story in my Marvel movie. Uh, so I don't get where this plot comes from in that, like, it's just weird to me. Uh, I haven't read a lot of recent Shang-Chi comics, but it's kind of in its own little odd world. Uh, aside from that, it's a pretty great movie. If you like Black Panther, I think you'll like Shang-Chi. Hey, thanks for uh, listening to my babble about this. Uh, Matt, I hope you join me next year so you can finish in sixth place in fantasy. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye. Zinga! So I apologize. I was already in two other uh, groups, and I, like, limited to three. And I was just like, I'd already, uh, you know, been sucked into these, so I had to bow out of the nerd one, which sucks. Because I do love those guys. He's right about Shang-Chi, though. Shang-Chi. Now you got me doing it. In the sense that... I didn't say anything! It is a family story. It's absolutely a family story and it's about loss and it's about mourning and it's about abuse. And I think all these Marvel movies, whenever we like the first one is always this introduction, you know, like here is the character, here's where they come from, here's why they do what they do. And then I think the second one was probably going to be very much more in the vein of what Jason was talking about, where we get to see, all right, now we know who he is and he's unleashed in the world. What are you going to do in that world? I don't disagree. The third act was definitely weird in the sense that like everything else you could see being explained and, and handled very well and spelled out. And you go, okay, I get that. I get that. I get that. And then there's something that happens that goes, well, that did just kind of come out of nowhere. It was very good. I will say that overall uh, reports, very, very positive, And I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Jimmy Randall. Hello, cool dudes and dudettes. How are we all doing? It's Jimmy sending in a MP3 with my answer to question of the week. Now, I like this one. I like the serious questions. I'm, they're, they're awesome. There's not too many of those. Let's have more of these serious ones. But I've got some opinions. I've got some opinions about how we do this, how, how we react when, our, when our, someone we love, an artist that we love, turns out to be a real fucking teaspoon. Now, <laughs> I've got opinions, and they're the opinions of a grumpy old man. It may surprise you all to know that I'm not that young. In fact, I'm going to come clean. I'm actually a um, an 87 year old Chinese woman in a wheelchair, so no I'm, I'm grumpy and I'm set in my ways. And I've got to wow. tell you, it bums me out. It bums me out, guys, that we live in a time where the predominant culture is that of outrage and canceling things. 
But yeah, rant almost over. Like, it's not like the good old days before most of the world made marijuana legal. Like, you'd think more legal weed would just make people chill out and not give a fuck so much, but whatever. Here we are. So I'm scared, guys. Like, I'm kind of scared to wear my heart on my sleeve. And I know this sounds paranoid, but all right, little tiny story, quick one. Like, I work with this young girl, India. She's Yay! lovely, assistant manager. She's awesome. And she wants to get a tattoo of Tim Burton. And I tell her, no. Don't do it. And she says, why, Jimmy? I really love Tim Burton. And I tell her, look, I want to get myself, I want to get a nice black and white portrait, you know, those really realistic ones of a young William Shatner, a Billy Shatz on the back of my leg here. But I'm not going to do it because I know the second that the tattoo is done and healed and beautiful, yeah. I'm going to turn on the Channel 9 News and it'll uh, be like, okay. this just in, police raid <laughs> William Shatner's house and find a kitty sex torture totally. dungeon. So now look. That's my part of my, what I'm saying now. I kind of want to say one more thing real quick. I know time's running out, and I'm not defending Warren Ellis at all. But <laughs> all right, the dude wrote Transmetropolitan, who most of us really, really love, and the dude also created Spider Jerusalem, mm -hmm. who's an absolute fucking scumbag. Now, yeah. was the character informed that much? Like, how much of Warren Ellis was put into Spider Jerusalem? A lot. And that begs the question, would we all have loved Spider-Jerusalem so much for being such a prick if his creator wasn't such an oh, oh, oh arsehole? Now, how James. do we reconcile with this, guys? No, no, like, no, don't shake your head. How do we do it? I've got the answer, and here we go. Listen close. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> all right, Jimmy, out. Okay, uh, so, Jimmy, I love you. Thank you for your call, as always. And... To your point about like being uh, irrevocably connected to something that turns out to be horrible, like getting a Michael Jackson tattoo sure. or an OJ Simpson tattoo or whatever, or a Billy Shatz tattoo. Um, like, there, you, you know, yes, that's that's bad. I understand. Uh, you know, you roll the dice when you get a tattoo. That's right. how it goes. Look, don't even get um, your loved ones names tattooed on you because you sure, know right. you're like, how many, how many guys right, have tattooed their girlfriend's names on their body only right. to have it end terribly. Um, but, um, cancel culture is not real. We just live in a time when accountability is, is more important, For you sure. know, and, For and, sure. And our connection to the material is stronger and closer because of the internet and our ability to react to these things is quicker. Yeah. You know what? If you're going to be a shithead, you're going to get called out for being. A yeah, shithead. absolutely. And I, and I, I think the cancel culture that he's talking about, and I agree, like it's not that big of a thing. What gets scary is where we see this tribalism where it's like one comic creator says something shitty and we all go, all right, they're a piece of shit. I'm not going to buy their stuff. I'm, gonna, I'm done talking to them and whatever. And then they go, hey, I noticed you're following this creator on Twitter. You're blocked, you know, whatever. And it's like, whoa, oh, yeah, that, hold that, on. That's, whole, that's totally different. Like, yeah. First of all, no, I that's, forgot again, I, was, yeah, that's, I was following someone. And like, you know, look, like, <laughs> I, I, have, I, have seen, I have seen that sort of behavior, not, not maybe specifically that, but yes, the sort of behavior right. you're talking about um, from the youths online right. it, it's um, like that are just after, so, so quick to pull the trigger. Like going after on, Ryan Kelly on for judgment. working with Brian Wood like, or going after, um, you know, uh, Al Ewing yeah. is definitely going to take some shit. He's or going after Jay Lee right. for doing covers for that. Like, right. Like, look, I have no idea who I follow. Do you know how many people I yeah, no shit. Like I had to actively, I had to actively look to see if I followed Aaron Lopresti on Twitter. Right. 
when I found out about Aaron Lepresti. It's like it's like yeah, it's silly. It's silly to think that um like do you know how many people probably follow Donald Trump just so that they can keep track of the oh, shit I he did. says? Yeah. I mean like yeah, I it's like did. like like uh, that, that does not equal uh, that does not equal endorsement. But it's not just about yeah, it's not just about Twitter. It's like a baby right. bath. No, it's true. It's like, where, like right. We can't yes. no. we have to hold people accountable when they're shitheads or or criminals or whatever. Yes. But that does not mean that everyone in their orbit is also aiding and no, abetting I, said shithead. Or I agree people. with that. Uh, yes, I agree with that 100%. Sarah King is back. Sarah, we love you. Good to hear from you again. Hi, guys. It is, in fact, the elusive Sarah King. Thank you so much for playing oh, both my Fidelity, too. Listen week. to this. And for such a warm welcome. Um, so I am here again to call back. Um, I wanted to first talk about the what if um, episode Marvel Zombies. So good. Such emotional ride and um, sort of gets at challenging the maybe like silly nature of what if stories in that like I was so emotionally invested and um, it was just a brilliantly told story and at the same time being kind of silly because it was about zombies but loved that spider-man referenced uncle ben for the first time also what a relief yeah um as far as the question of the week goes i have a really hard time with this um i don't really know what to do and i kind of take it on a case-by-case basis um but i usually just end up going down this rambly you know thought experiment that i'll share with you guys which is mostly just that there's no ethical consumption under capitalism it's really hard when storytelling and art is placed within a system of capitalism because it doesn't really fit into that like art in itself sort of takes on its own life separate from its creators at the same time it's still tainted or like affected by those creators but largely does take on lives of their own depending on the brilliancy of the art um but within capitalism that's even harder to achieve because once art is made a product it's inherently linked linked to you know the money creators make when producing that art or you know then the privileges they have in this like capitalist society right and Within that as well is um, our justice system and our justice system is supposed to show us what justice looks like or what our values as a society for justice look like. And it doesn't really do that because itself too is linked to capital oh, yeah. and it doesn't have like a clear way of giving us a path to engage with these really challenging questions around what is forgiveness? What does it look like? Who gets to be forgiven? Who can be forgiven? Is it up to everyone to forgive? Um, so those are sort of the things I have a really hard time um, knowing what to do with. I feel like some cases are easy. If somebody's super horrible, kick them, kick them out. 86. But even then, you know, I uh, do want to have empathy and respect for people who still appreciate their work and like we should have more conversations around this yeah just Mm -hmm. to show that we're not being you know passive when it comes to these questions um hope you guys have a great week and i'll talk to you next time you too sarah that and she brings up a fantastic what a a wonderful way to phrase all of that she brings up a really fantastic point though because we could go straight to 
you know, the people that like went and bought French wine and poured it out in the streets because we were mad at the yeah, French you and know, shit. But it, like, it's like, you know, I, I'm busy typing about how terrible uh, Donald Trump is on my iPhone. Right. Which was probably built on the backs of slave children in Bangladesh totally. or whatever. But it, when it comes down to a thing like comics and art, it is way harder. And I think the Immortal Hulk is the perfect example of this because it is a multi awarded celebrated you know hulk run that will be printed for years and years and years to come and that shithead joe bennett is going to make residual money they can fire him yeah sure right and say he doesn't get yeah, any more no, work but he will be paid for that yeah he will be and, paid for that every time it sells yeah. and that's something that like marvel you can't not put this shit out it's too good of a story you can't it's too good of a story it's one of the best Hulk stories ever told. It just happens to be attached to a shithead creator. Well, that is I mean, not the, the fault of the story or the art. But that them is that not putting guy's it, fault. I don't think them not putting it out was ever an option. No, like the, I'm, nobody, I, I nobody agree. is I'm calling not, for them to not put out the no, end of Immortal Hulk. No, I'm, and I'm not saying it. I'm talking like in perpetuity. When you put out omnibus editions, when you put out collections and shit oh, like well, that. Oh, well, sure. But I mean. You know, it, that's, the, that's the tough part. If you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. It sucks because it's such a great fucking story. And it's not the story. Well, yeah. Fault. Yeah. I mean, but again, like DC, yes, you're, yes, you're right. And, and I don't think that anyone has ever, like, I don't think anyone thinks that, like, oh, they should stop printing. Uh, they, for, let's just say Sandman, they should stop printing Sandman because it's been revealed that artist X was some sort of, why don't deviant. you pick in the Ethan Van Skyver book from DC? Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying if it, I, I'm just saying like, if it were to come out that something, something so celebrated that DC has sure. made uh, tons of money on that has built brands on, right. uh, that they publish in perpetuity for Watchmen, you know, or yeah. so like, what if it were to come out that Creator X had some baggage that was unforgivable for some people? Nobody sure. would ever say, well, I'm looking forward to DC deciding to never publish Sandman again. They yeah. would never say that. Yeah. And they're not going to say it about Immortal Hulk. Marvel, Marvel, nobody's going to say that about Immortal Hulk. No. Uh, nobody has said it about Transmetropolitan. Uh, you know, it's like, it is, it is what it is. Right. These works already exist. Yes. They're and, in, they're out in the world. And I fully believe they should stand alone as that work because that's, yeah. that's what it is. It, uh, like, I, I think that the idea of separating the art from the artist, uh, it, it's not as simple as just saying that you should. I think it's yeah. as, as Sarah said, it is a decision. Uh, it is a decision that you have to make as a consumer and a fan. Yeah, on a case-by-case -case uh, basis, just like and, she said. Yeah, like, you have to decide for yourself whether or not you are okay uh, with revisiting um, Sinestro Corps War right. or, um, or, or um, Justice League Europe, which was co-written largely by a, a child pornographer. Right. You know? Um, you also have to decide who you're going to forgive and who is unforgivable, you know, like that's right. That's a, per it's a personal choice right. and there is no wrong or right answer. Like I'm going to just go ahead and roll. Thank you, Sarah. I, like you've such a thoughtful response. Um, I'm going to roll right into my answer because I think we've already uh, answered. Several well, times. but I mean, I have a, I have an, a specific answer. Okay. Um, recently, uh, I just finished rereading 
Planetary. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the decision to reread Planetary because I found it on the DC Infinite app. It's right there. I, I pay for the app. Warren, like I, I don't know how they get paid for that, but those digital comics exist. They are already there. I get them for part of my monthly subscription. I don't give them any more money to read them uh, than I would any other comic on that app. And I was like, yeah, I want to read Planetary because I love Planetary. Sure. It's, and it's an amazing it, story. Like, you know, like Transmetropolitan is kind of a different beast. I'm probably going to reread that, that as well if I can. Um, but, you know, that's that character. There's a lot of Warren Ellis, as you said, probably a lot of Warren Ellis in that character. But Planetary is different. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I read it and I I thought I just had the briefest of thoughts. Like, what does this mean about like, what does this say about me if I um, want to reread Planetary? And when, at the end of the day, all it really says about me is that I love Planetary. It just says you read a comic book, period. Right. Yeah. It's like like me reading Planetary is not a value judgment of Warren Ellis's no, actions it, any more than it is a value judgment of John Cassidy's actions absolutely. or Laura Martin's actions yes. or Jim Lee's actions or anybody else involved with wild, wild storm. The only time it um, becomes problematic is if you read planetary and then you go on your platform, be it Twitter or Facebook or your own website or your own podcast. And you go, I reread planetary. And you know why it's great? Because Warren Ellis didn't do anything wrong. That is a problem. Yeah, I mean, you know? yes, uh, uh, right. <laughs> and again, you can split hairs all day long about whether or not it's any different than. Well, no, you can't. It is different. It's it different is. than contri- it's different than contributing yes. to the Indiegogo of an artist that you like, because you're choosing to put your enjoyment of his work over his and, repugnant personal. And views. That is my point, and that's where I come down on it. That that's my answer is that it's okay to have this stuff. There's nothing wrong with the stuff the person is the fucking problem and if you continue to support that person active support is and you're vocal about it in their defense and whatnot that's when you're fucking up you know that's where the line is drawn yep and that's it active active support is different than passive enjoyment yes Uh, especially if it's of something that you've already fucking bought and paid for right that's not your fault man um but again if you want to light your collection of um Sinestro core issues on fire in the yard. It's totally up to you. Feel Nobody's free. stopping you. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's how you need to get past it, more power to you. That's what Ethan does. Uh, that's what Ethan did about, uh, you know, Rose Tika from the Star Wars, the Star Wars movies. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to stab these action figures. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, so yeah, per, it's a personal choice and there is no wrong answer and you're not an asshole. No. Unless you are being an asshole. Exactly. And you'll know when you're an asshole. Trust me. So yeah, we'll let you know. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll definitely be there to, to tell you. Let's get a new question of the week. Hopefully it's a little more lighthearted. Yes, it is more lighthearted. Uh, this week's question came from me. Uh, something that happened this week. One of our news stories that I uh, didn't mention at the top of the show is that this week, the new 52 turned 10 years old. Uh it was in uh, it was this very month september of 2011 dc relaunched their entire line i remember uh, i was 12 years old i remember yeah uh, we were we were uh, a, a young fledgling podcast we were only we were about uh, 9 months old at the time and uh 8 months old when it was announced and um uh, and uh we had a lot of feelings about it and we reviewed all the issues and we had a lot of feelings about those. So it got me to thinking on the 
10th anniversary of the new 52. Now that we've had a decade to process it, which titles were your favorites? Which ones totally missed the mark? And do you think that the relaunch itself was a good move for DC in the long run? You know, now that's a good, that's going to be a tricky question because you have to separate your enjoyment of the content from what it meant to the company. Yeah. You know, that's going to take some thought. Man, I wish so, you would have told me about this one earlier because this is a fucking cosmic long box right here. Revisiting well, the new 52. But Man. we reviewed we reviewed all of the number ones on the show. A million already. years ago. Like, revisiting, yeah. I'm saying. Yes, 10 years ago. Yeah. We did it. I We've done be, it. I think it'd be fun to revisit. Too late. I already told you last night that there was that there was a new question and you didn't look at it. I didn't you look chose at it. not to look at there it. There it is. I don't look at this shit. We'll talk no. about this next week right here on the show. This coming Wednesday, as I mentioned, Cosmic Longbox coming back. We're talking yep. about Sins of Past being Sins of the Past, right? Sins Past. Sins, sins past. past, the infamous Spider-Man story being yeah. undone by Nick Spencer. We are going to revisit some other infamous stories, how they started in a Cosmic Longbox segment we're calling Bad Beginnings. And then at the end of the month on our Patreon, you're going to have a Tales Too Terrible to Tell where we get down and dirty with sins of our own past baby we're gonna yeah, dig into this jms storyline <laughs> and see uh, just how bad it was it was mike diodato right mike diodato was all over that mike diodato was the artist yeah, yeah. he was the Woo! artist of sins <laughs> i mean it's only four parts but yeah. yeah uh before we go i do want to uh say a little bit something about a little something about uh 9-11 obviously today as we record this it is september 11th it's the 20th anniversary of 9-11 uh 2001 and you know what happened that day i don't need to tell you um, turn on the news. It's all over um, every channel right now. Um, it's a very heavy day for a lot of people. Very understandably. I have my own memories about what happened during that day, uh, but I wasn't there. Uh, my family wasn't directly impacted by the events of 9-11. Um, but today does hold personal significance to me uh, because today is the 20th anniversary of my first day of work at Krypton Comics. Oh, wow. Uh Yes, September 11th, 2001. Wow, that was um, your first and, day. <laughs> yeah, it was. And like, obviously, I had been shopping there for many years. I had been shopping there for a few years at that point. And so I already knew Matt and Big Mike. But it was that day that led to these long-lasting, lifelong friendships that I've made with Matt and Big Mike and Dave and Patrick and so many other people, Jared, Wooly Toots. Me, um, yeah. The whole crew. Yeah, young Keith, young Keith Binder, and um, and so it, and that led, uh, yeah, Meatloaf, of course, and that led not only uh, directly led to my time at Legend Comics and Coffee, uh, but my relationship with my wife Michelle, um, because if I had not gotten that job and become close friends with Matt, I would have never met Casey, and I would have never met Michelle. So the events of 9-11 like literally changed the trajectory of my entire life forever. And so, yeah, today sucks. Uh, it's a heavy day and, you know, certainly remember the lives that were lost. But remember, it's not the only thing that happened today. Yeah. And uh, when I think of 9-11, uh, I mostly feel gratitude for uh, my life and uh, like this podcast would not exist if I had not started to work at Krypton Comics on 9-11. It's true. It, that's the stone cold fact it's true so if you like the podcast uh you know it, it all it all sprang from somewhere and so yeah so i just want to say hey 
thinking of you guys today. I'm grateful for you guys today. Um, and wherever you are and whatever you're feeling about what happened on that day, I hope you're doing okay. There we go. I think uh, I'm not going to add anything to that because I'll just ruin it. So thank you. <laughs> Remember to check out our uh, Patreon extra this week. Casey and I doing our instant reactions of Shang-Chi. We'd love to hear what you guys thought of the film as people trickle to the theaters or whatnot and out. We'll do it next week right here on Cover to Cover. But for now, my name is Matt Baum. My name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. Thank you.